Hello everyone and welcome to episode 18, Funky Baz and Face, Three Brothers Talking Footy. We're going to wrap up the uh, AFL Grand Final from last week. What a cracking game it was. It's pretty much our last podcast for 2018. We're going to have a little break after this. Baz, welcome to the show, mate. Oh, great to be here. In Face's shed again. I am still salivating over that Grand Final last week. It was absolutely brilliant. Funky Baz and Face breakfast show, we talked it up and it delivered in spades. Best grand final <laughs> in the last 4,000 years, I reckon. It was sensational. Face, welcome to the show. Hello, Funky. Hello, Baz. Yes, welcome to the shed. Um, 18 episodes, almost uh, five months of us every week talking footy uh, and uh, talking a little bit of banter. How good is how good is life, boys? Yeah, no, it's, it's good for you, mate. Good, good to be around <laughs> us. <laughs> been uh, brilliant this year. We've got a great show tonight. We're going to uh, wrap up the uh, grand final from last week. We've got our regular segments. Baz's Bake is going to just... That, that's it for 2018. We're not going to have Baz's Bake this week. Oh, we, we might have a little bit of time, mate. <laughs> <laughs> there may be we, a late entry for we, Baz's Bake. Uh, looks like we've got a late entry for <laughs> Baz's Bake, which is very good. Um, would you rather... So I'm, gonna, I'm not doing a would you rather. Oh. I had such a grand final edition of Would You Rather that's done for 2018. Yeah, you, you did finish yeah. very well okay. So last Would You week. Rather's going to come back for next year, but I have something. We've got, um, you know, Faces Fresh Finds. Yeah, that's, that's going <laughs> to... Well, boys, it's yeah. not just Faces Fresh Finds. Oh, it, it's a combination of Faces Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Year, and Fresh Finds. Okay. A wrap up for the uh, episode 18. We're going to talk about the grand final, and we've got a special guest with uh, Chris Grigg, He's an inspiring uh, man, and we know that he's um, facing, he's uh, fighting MND, and he's raising money and awareness about um, fight MND. So we're going to have a talk to him. So looking forward to that, and we're going to uh, go through our normal banter as well, boys. Uh, Very fo- good. Followers, funky. Who are they? Well, boys, uh, I went to the Brosser presentations, and I was inundated with boys that are listening to uh, Funky Baz and Face. Girls and also, mate. Uh, no girls, just the boys. <laughs> uh, the first one was Nick Casbolt. Now, I'm not sure if you boys know him. Gator is his called. Good, Gator. Good mo. Uh, very good mo. Uh, he is he's the heartbeat of the Brosser District Footy Club, and he, he loves uh, Funky Badge and Face. So it was great to have him on board. And the next one was Alex Stone. Three flags, half-bat flanker, very close to team of the year this year in the uh, Brosser yeah, right. and Light. So he had a cracking year this year. He started back with us all the way back in 06, and he's still delivering. Had a son. I think he's starting to mature as a man, as a as a footballer. Do you, so, know, do you know who his idol was when he was playing football growing up? Oh no! It was the face oh! boys. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you it think it may have changed? Yeah. Do, time. do you think you're still his idol? No. Uh, now, when you say that, how do you know that? What What did he say to you? Uh, Stoney was a young, impressionable kid, and it was just about. Uh, teaching him the fundamentals of football back I, then. I don't hear any evidence. Oh, how much would Face have loved that? Oh, oh yes, son, yeah. this is what you do. Yeah. Well, two-time premiership player, it's uh, quite easy oh, to fall no. in love with number 14. Thanks, and Tony. The next one, Nathan Eames. Now, if ever a bloke is punching, it's this bloke here. Uh, he, he, uh, his wife-to-be uh, just come over from South Gawler and uh, Lisa, and um, all of a sudden uh, he just had, uh, attached onto her. But um, so yeah, he's getting married. He lives in Virginia. Um, very good footballer though. Very good. Fo- good luck, big, Andy. quick. Yeah, very good foot. When he's playing well, the Brosser Bulldogs are playing well. So um, welcome to you three boys. It's great to have you on. Well, boys, uh, it is welcome to them. Uh, we've got two more via Twitter. We've got Winto. Now, interesting character. Uh, he's a cricketer for the Williamstown Imperials boys. So I'm guessing. 
Victorian yes. playing over there. Mm-hmm. Yes. So welcome, Winto. And to Brett Breitenbach. Uh, he's a Crow supporter and a listener in a funky buzzing face. So right. welcome to our new followers. I wonder what his nickname would be. Brent. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, so I'd like to uh, introduce tonight's guest, uh, who's had a wonderful footy career, but now is facing the biggest spot of his life. And I welcome to Funky Baz and Face, Chris Grigg. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming along. Thank thank you, guys, for having me. Guys, I want to just run through this man's achievements um, and his honours, because it is a, a fairly big list. He made his league debut in 1983 with the Nord Footy Club. He played three games for Nord, and it was a golden era in that year, mm. as you know, with my... You uh, cried in 84. Oh, I love yeah. that team. <laughs> Good work. 84, he joined the Atherton Footy Club and played over 200 games there. Now, his achievements... Listen to this, guys. Best and fairest seven times. Seven times he had to make the best and fairest. Yeah, I hope that good. you mixed it up. Yeah. Twice he was runner-up. He won the male medal for the best player in the competition once, two premierships, and we really want to delve into that because that's the greatest yeah. thing you can do is the 95 and 96, four times association team. Um, that really is a fantastic uh, playing career. Yeah, you must cool. you must have been pretty happy with that. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it is um, uh, not, not a bad record, I guess, but uh, it's not what you pay for. I... Uh, like you said, those two premierships, uh, they come at actually at the end of my uh, career. So uh, it was one of those um, careers where I thought maybe I wasn't going to get there. But uh, fortunately, uh, we did in the end, which was great. Mate, that, that is a brilliant um, era of footy in that 80s, that early 80s, probably the, the golden era of footy. You, you had some fantastic names yeah. to play with, like Aish, McIntosh, Neil Thomas, Hull, yeah, uh, the Barn Brothers, Fosdyke, yeah. Thomas. Um, Turnbull, who was in the shack next to us, yeah. he's a uh, <laughs> Greg Turnbull. Who, yeah. He, Turnbull, yeah, yeah. He loves a beer. He does. Um, he does. <laughs> uh, so tell us about that experience because it would have been pretty daunting to uh, jump into that <clears throat> with those goals at that time. It was. Uh, I, I guess the thing was, I was a bit uh, young. Uh, and naive back then, uh, only being, I think it was around about 20, 21. Uh, I hadn't played football um, up until I was about 18 in terms of uh, from from high school to, to there. And I just thought I'd go out and the year before and under 19s anyway, uh, ended up not really getting a gig there. So the next, next uh, year I thought I'd uh, give it a crack, uh, got really fit and was able to uh, get a game, but uh, to play, I mean, they were, were my idols, always back for uh, Nord, yep. all through my life. Um, and, uh, yeah, to play alongside Aish, Thomas, uh, uh, you know, Macca, uh, Keith Thomas, uh, yeah, obviously all those other guys there, uh, Fosdykes and uh, so forth, uh, amazing. And, and a bit intimidating, I, I would say. It was uh, reasonably clicky. Uh, out at Nord, um, and uh, I was pretty well. Uh, probably, um, I, I was I was an okay player. It wasn't fantastic, but uh, had a good uh, run of form. Form was able to force my way in there for a, a, a couple of games. Yeah, that's that's disappointing that you say that about the happiness. Um You just assume that everyone is sort of best mate, but it was sort of like they had groups there, did they? Back in that day. Yeah. Oh, look, uh, I'm not sure if it was really groups. I mean, I didn't come through the junior system, so yeah. maybe that had something to do with it. Um, and, and just, yeah, I guess 
you know, just feel feel there for me to to uh, get a game. I, I, I certainly worked my ass off to get to the reserve stage. But uh, I look, you know, Nord was uh, a very good side. And uh, when I say I, I say uh, when I say clicky, I mean I think all football football clubs have a bit of clickiness there. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, look, I was just one of those ones coming through that probably hadn't earned respect as much as what other guys had. And then, that Chris, point in time. Yeah. and then, Chris, leaving uh, Norwood, you obviously carved out a brilliant career at Athelstan as well. You must have absolutely loved that, the fact that you've played so many games, uh, best and fairest premierships. You would have made a lot of mates as well. You really oh, absolutely. That. Well, uh, I mean, you guys probably know as well as I do, uh, football clubs, are, uh, I, I, I just think they're a big reflection of life and, and, and normal life. You know, you've got so many different types of people there you got to get along with so many different types of people uh you got to work your ass off to uh to get anywhere to get any success and if you don't usually that reflects uh you know in your in your results um yeah and no, i had a guy like called adrian rocco who actually coached uh or coaches uh ross Trevor old collegians in divvy one he uh he was a good mate there that i made uh uh, and yeah, I got the ass from Nord uh, in '84. Ended up. <laughs> what, what did uh, they say to you? What, what did they say? Oh, say look, that? I I probably uh, I got a um, an injury in my back, and uh, probably trying to come back, I just wasn't the same sort of player at that point in time, and just wasn't able to hold my form. And ended up they uh, Glenn Rosser gave me the talk and said, "Mate, to go and try a." Uh, a club I didn't have a junior club, uh, and a guy uh, Andrew Moulds, uh, who was a good mate of mine then, he uh, basically um, uh, said, "Look, why didn't you come out to the Raggies?" And I, I did, and Mocha Dunstan was out there, and oh, uh, good uh, name. yeah, yep, absolutely, and uh, just sort of fell into place there uh, for the first couple of years. So did sure. your um, nickname, the Doctor, did that come in uh, for? Because uh, you had the bad back at Norwood, or did it come? In, um, was it the uh, the raggies? How did that come about? Yeah, look, the doctor is a couple of it's a couple of sort of stories there. I've got uh, really pointy ears, and uh, and Doctor Spock uh, used to come out quite a bit, even though it is Mister Spock that they called uh, brought out Doctor Spock, and uh, also played basketball there. And uh, there was used to be a player in the NBA called Julius Irvine. He was um, Dr. J, and uh, anyway, you know how things uh, sort of go. And <laughs> I ended up Dr. G, and then Dr. Short. Yeah, so it, it just stuck from there. That's all. And you're right with those best and fairest. I mean, obviously, that's a big. You know, seven is an enormous number. But the premierships. Tell us about that 25 premiership. What uh, What did that mean to you? Because obviously, they're hard to get. And Athelstan recently have come close, so yeah. close, as you would know, and I'm sure you would have been there. They've come so close and haven't been able to get the, the biscuits at the end, but 95, yeah. you obviously uh, came home strong. Yeah, 95, I mean, that's the ultimate to play. And I think the hard work was done uh, two years prior to that. We, we were able to get a hold of Andrew Jarvis as a coach. Um, and um, Jarvo... He uh, he bought with us uh, or, or to the club um, Dean Renfrey, uh, Frankie Renfrey, who were actual um, uh, juniors of Athelstan, and uh, a guy called Paul Zuchins, um, oh. and uh, they're probably all fairly uh, well-known names back in in those days. Now, 
uh, uh, Jarvo pretty well uh, put a stamp on uh, on the club in terms of, um, I guess, respect and um, all the qualities that a good a good side needs. We we were able to get some uh, decent young guys as well. Uh, we had a good bunch of um, and loyal, very loyal, uh, all guys already playing, um, older guys as well as some young guys, and just the mix was perfect. Mm. Uh, so Jarvo pretty well, we pretty well set it up there and then I guess um, Jarvo had to leave because of work commitments and Dean Murphy took over so and Dino did a good job, job with us uh, and got us through in 95 and 96. Yeah, that's fantastic. You, you would have uh, enjoyed them and you would have yep. the reunions that uh, comes off them, <laughs> no doubt. Oh yeah, well um, I'm not sure if you guys have played in premierships, uh, I hope you have. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, but it certainly is uh, why you play, and, and your lifelong friends are still there. And we're talking, you know, twenty odd years ago uh, now. Um, you know, so we're still. I can go up to those guys and talk to them like I, I met them, you know, yesterday. And and what we went through, it's it's just that bonding that you go through with uh, with the guys um, through the season, and all the hard work comes uh, comes out positive. And that's something special, isn't it, Chris? Uh, especially when you go yep. back to back in 95, 96, you've got the bond forever. Um, you yep. spoke earlier about juniors at Athelston. Uh, obviously, a junior at Athelston, that's progressed quite well through the ranks as your son, Mitch. Um, yep. And obviously having a, a brilliant season with Nord this year and obviously going back to back himself with McGarry medals. Tell us a little yep. bit about uh, Mitch's uh, career and, and what his uh, future looks like for him. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's amazing when you have children, you know, you certainly, uh, I guess, want them to to uh, enjoy sport. Um, they pretty well not didn't have a say in where they were going to go and play <laughs> in terms of braggies. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, look, uh, Mitch and I've got my other son, Ryan, uh, certainly they, they were brought up with football and uh, always came to the club when, uh, when uh, you know, they were younger. Um, you know, I went to school. I was able to coach them at school, uh, and also uh, at Athelston. Uh, and that's just something you do as a father. You step in because you know that you could probably do it better than the coach <laughs> who has been coaching him, unless they're really, really good. Yeah. Uh, so I just sort of thought, no, I reckon I can do a reasonable job. And uh, I look at um, it's like anything. You you know, you kick the ball with them in the backyard all the time, and football in their hand all the time. So they just grew from that. So. Um, Mitch was lucky enough to play now. Uh, we had an under-16 grand final uh, win with some uh, some good good kids. Um, and and going through the system, he was quite a talented player. Uh, grew quite early and was very strong. And and uh, obviously his uh, you know the rest of his career has uh, has happened. And he's he's continuing that at the moment. Uh, and especially in the last two years, I've been very extremely proud of how he's. Come, uh, come with that uh, after being delisted from the Crows. Yeah, I think um, when everyone was watching the Sample Grand Final, it was amazing. Forty thousand people there, and it yeah. captivated all of South Australia too. Yeah. Just the fact that North Adelaide were playing as well, and just to see, yeah. if, um, you know, because Nord been the best team we year, but the fact that he played in a losing team, he won the Jack Odie Medal. <laughs> Um, six goals from the middle. You must have been, even though he lost as well, so he would have been devastated yeah. himself as well. It would have been quite a surreal experience for you to see him play so well, but ultimately lose on the day. Mm. 
Well, I've, I've sort of always told him that uh, the pinnacle is it's a play in the premiership. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I've always said to him that, uh, you know, the individual awards and, you know, they really mean nothing. That's, that's just a bonus, um, especially when you've won the premierships. Um, I've always said to him pretty well that the, the, the highest honour I believe you can get is it being best on ground in the grand, in the winning grand final. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he's gone very close. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. And uh, to, to, I know we we're incredibly proud of the way he um, he played that day, and he uh, certainly stepped up to the plate. Um, you know, I've always said to him, good players play really well in big games. Yeah. Um, and uh, ultimately he pulled that one out, which was uh, really um, a day out for him, which was no. amazing. It's fantastic, mate. And. Um, this this disease that you have it doesn't discriminate you know it, it doesn't matter how no. strong or talented or anything about you um, MND can affect anyone and unfortunately yeah. you have been diagnosed with this terrible disease can you explain to our listeners about this and some of the events that you have undertaken to raise awareness which has been just incredible what you have done can you just explain to our listeners a bit about that please yeah so um, I mean yeah fit uh, fifty. Uh, three-year-old or 50, yeah, 53-year-old last year, uh, my partner and I um, decided to open up a business. Uh, and I don't know if you've heard about F45, which is a new uh, oh, gym yeah. yep, we have. around. Yeah. Uh, we, we wanted to, you know, to start something. So we started that up in uh, March last year. Um, just uh, while, while we were doing that, come June, I was starting to get a feel bit of twitching in my tongue and my and my lips as well as a few things you know starting to get cramps in my in my left arm so you know we, I was working pretty long hours uh, and uh, we're just sort of putting it down to a bit of stress and fatigue um, so decided to go to the doctor um, as partners sort of persuade you to do uh, I went to my doctor he uh, said look I think you better get your a CT scan. Uh, I guess a long story cut short is you uh, do a whole heap of tests in terms of um, eliminating, uh, you know, Parkinson's, MS, strokes, etc. And um, it wasn't until probably May, uh, well, end of April this year that uh, I was properly properly diagnosed with MND. Uh, it's one of those things that uh, it's a time thing, so. Progressively, you get uh, get worse. You, you, the neurons in your brain that send mes messages to your muscles uh, to work uh, slowly die off. Uh, so yeah, it does it certainly does not discriminate. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a journey. You, you, I've learned a lot about uh, about uh, things along the way in terms of um, uh, the amount of support and love. Uh, that I've got through my friends, family, um, you know, football clubs, especially. Uh, it's how, been how good bloody amazing. Uh, how, oh. how good are footy clubs? You know, you, obviously yeah. when you're a young kid, all you want to do is play footy, you think you're just kicking a ball. And as yeah. you get older, it's just the, the mates that you get there and the support networks, as you would mm. testify, is just incredible. Mm. It is. Uh, my partner actually is involved in the soccer community. Yeah. Uh, and she's amazed at what football clubs bring uh, in terms of when they've got one that's uh, you know down and out or needs help. 
she just admires the support and the love and the, and uh, everything that they bring uh, to help help that person or or whoever out. Yeah, Chris, unbelievable. And Chris, um, when you're going through um, after your diagnosis as well, was it a difficult decision for you to be really public about it as well? Because there's obviously lots of things you're having to deal with uh, behind the scenes as well. Yeah. yeah. Was it a big decision for you and your family to say and, and let a lot of people know so people are more educated and aware of it? Not not really. Um, and look, I, I don't know. Um, I, look, I see Neil Danaher. He's, he's been my inspiration and, and, and my idol, the way that first, even before I had MD, I, I quite admired the guy the, being able to do what he does. Um, but then when you get the actual same disease, you go, wow, this guy is, um, is absolutely amazing. And, and to tell you the truth, I, I've never thought of hiding it at all. It is, it is what it is. It's something that, you know, you can't blame on anything. It's not like, I mean, sometimes, you know, you get smokers or whatever might get cancer or whatever, and that's maybe been a possible cause, uh, which is unfortunate, but, uh, of, this this M and D is no cause of or, or so there's there's no reason why you got it. So I don't see the point of of hiding the fact. Uh, but you know to raise awareness and it it is quite a rare disease, obviously brought to the fore by uh, Neil. Um, and uh, look, you know in terms of fundraising and, and awareness, the more it's out there, the the better uh, opportunities are going to be for sure. How good is it what Neil Danner has done? I mean, like, to have rival coaches, every rival coach was degrees yeah. at the MCG, <laughs> dressed, yeah. dressed up, like, making absolute idiots <laughs> of himself. And, like, yeah. that just would never have happened without Neil's input. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, it just shows you that the game really is secondary and that life yeah. and mateship is number one. Mm. Um, yeah, I thought it was absolutely sensational. And, obviously, it would have touched you as well. Yeah, well, I mean... Uh, definitely. Again, that, that's football, and and regardless of who you are, there's certainly just that human side of uh, of of just a normal person's life, and the fact that it is Neil who's very high profile, um, but he's a funny bastard. He, 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 <laughs> he, he, he makes me laugh so much, and some of the stuff he's done, and um, you know, even to deliver that speech. Yeah. Uh, under the circumstances, because I know I've had a little bit of um, slurred speech as well, and and he's got uh, quite a uh, you know um, a bad 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 slurred speech now. And to deliver that the way he does, to keep the humour in it, and I think that's <laughs> that's such a great way of handling it. Absolutely. And uh, Chris, can you tell us about some of your fundraising efforts as well? We can see um, the Norwood Footy Club, the Raggies are really getting behind yeah. as well. We, we've um, we've all watched some of your videos as well. It's been quite inspirational how you've got the message out and educated the community. Can you give us a bit of an mm. insight of, in terms of what you are hoping to achieve there? Yeah, well, uh, we've had some amazing um, fundraisers. So it, it, it's, it's, again, you know, we've got such good support. Got a wonderful friend of uh, my partners of mine, uh, Helen Sampson, who put on a, a walk uh, to raise money for M&D um, fairly early on. Um, as soon as I guess word gets out, people will start to or do start to support you. So we had a fairly a great day uh, for that around the Torrens, raised quite a bit of money, and then uh, Nord, uh, they have a round every year 
in terms of uh, raising funds for certain charity and and uh, I guess it was fairly fitting uh, that uh, it was um, you know put out for myself and with uh, supporting in, with Mitch as well. Uh, it was also um, from Nord and I guess going on to the Raggies and, and Teacher Gully days. Teacher Gully lost one of their own yeah. last year and yeah. Damien Lane. Mm. Um, which is really sad, and and uh, he played for Norwood as well. So, so it was uh, pretty well a, a support uh, uh, for myself as well as a tribute and memorial to uh, to Damien, Damien, um, as well as that we had uh, because he played for Tidra Gully and myself. We had that the massive uh, day at uh, Athelstan Oval when um, Athelstan played at Tidra Gully, and uh, yeah, um, there was so much. Um, so much involved there in terms of what people had done to raise money. I think we were up to about 43 grand for that day, which was unbelievable. Oh, that's brilliant. Chris, um, how can we advise our listeners? And we call them on this podcast, our brothers and sisters. So how can we advise yeah. them on where they can go? There's um, the, the tagline, Fight MND with Doc. Can you tell us a little bit yeah. more about that? Yeah, so uh, uh, a couple of really good mates, Jeff, he Jeff Hepworth, and Shane Hutch, Hatchard uh, sort of started the ball rolling again, wanting to uh, to support us as a uh, as a family and and M and D as as a whole. And they come up with an idea of uh, show us your laces. Of, uh, so you know, buying some <laughs> laces, uh, fight M and D with Doc. That was sort of the campaign name. And yeah. so uh, they would sell uh, blue socks. Uh, sorry, blue laces for five bucks and and uh, uh, Three dollars of that would go to to, to the uh, fundraising. Um, so I think they ended up selling about twelve hundred uh, pairs in the end, and run out. The supply actually run out. Um, so along with that, we had the, the donations. But Little Heroes, it's through the Little Little Heroes Foundation. It's fight MND with Doc. Um, that all goes. The money that we raise there does go to the fight MND campaign, uh, which is uh, there for research. Uh, and that's the one that Neil Danaher uh, is um, is involved with. Um, it goes to the research to find a cure. So if anyone's got any, um, you know, spare cash, uh, sponsors, um, you know, uh, that's uh, that'd be wonderful if they could send that uh, through that link. Sure. We'll do whatever we can to promote um, the awareness of what MND with Doc um, through our listeners and 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 spread that message as far as we can. Yeah, I mean, look, we've got a lot of ideas. Uh, we hope to be involved with uh, the Fight MND campaign. And look, Fight MND with Doc, hoping to get it maybe bigger and better next year. Whether I can just talk in the amateur league to to for us uh, supporting yep. it through them. Uh, John Kernahan's uh, mm -hmm. mate I've played with as well. So Kerner's, uh, they've been a really good support of uh, that whole sort of campaign. Uh, they donated money as well this year. So, but the more, uh, I mean, amateur league, they've got 10,000 odd players and then there's junior leagues, etc. So, you know, hopefully we can get uh, some um, some ground out of them next year to raise even more awareness and, and funds. Mate, you are inspiring to talk to. I, I feel like going for a run now. I feel like doing some great <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to put down my, uh, my crown lager and I'm going to go for a run. <laughs> but, um, 
But uh, often you, you you really do see the true stature of a person when they're faced with adversity. And in, in a sporting sense, I'm thinking someone like Buckley last week was magnificent yeah, in that grand final. Serena Williams, yeah. not so much a few weeks ago. No. But <laughs> in, yeah. in a human sense, mate, you, you, what you have done and can, can continue to do is remarkable. So I'd really like to thank you for coming on tonight. And um, I'm sure our, our brothers and sisters out there will really um, love what you've just said and certainly will raise awareness and, and put some money into MND awareness. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can raise a lot of awareness and uh, get some more money tipped into the pot. That would be great. Thanks for your time, mm-hmm. fellas. Really appreciate it. Good luck, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye. All right. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Boys, um, how inspiring was Chris Grigg? Oh, absolutely brilliant. Um, it was just magnificent to talk to the man. What a great guy. What an absolute fantastic guy. He's doing a lot for uh, within Norden, um, Athelston, and uh, yeah, good luck to him going forward and the rest of the community that is obviously supporting him. Really appreciate him coming onto our show, talking to us about what he's actually facing and the fact that he's raising awareness and money as well. And um, hopefully our brothers and sisters... They got a lot out of that, and uh, if anyone does have anything that they'd like to contribute, um, please go along and help the cause. It'd be um, great to help him out. Well, what we'll do during the week is obviously promote that through Twitter and Facebook and um, spread that message as far as we can, so please share the message. As we said, cracking grand final. Bat, how many times have you watched it, Baz? I've watched it eight times. Um, I've watched four times the whole game and eight times that last quarter <laughs> because that last quarter is just captivating. It was breathless. It was just it was, the ball was like a ping pong, and the, whatever way it went, the other team was going to win. And there was certainly some going well at home. There. Is it just putting on the, the last quarter each? <laughs> yeah, every probably, night. Bit tough times there, but um, <laughs> Mrs. Harris must be in. No, I was I that. was actually stopping, pausing, rewinding. It was just yeah, some, there. There were some villains in there, boys, and um, mm. but there's also some heroes and um, some nearly villains as well. So yeah. Well, let's talk about the game. It, it was captivating, wasn't it? Really, like when you look at First Collingwood quarter. coming into the game, it, they were the probably not the unbackable favourites, but we talked about it last week in our breakfast. The fact yeah. that uh, West Coast, a lot of people were tipping West Coast. We were quite surprised by it. Yeah. When you've got your home, you're playing on home soil, you've got an interstate team coming, and you kick the first five goals in a grand final, the crowd are up and about, and Collingwood just looked like the unbackable favourites. To to think at that stage you could actually lose, amazing turnaround. It was a a disaster start for West Coast, wasn't it, to to have that um, against them from the very first start. But considering how they fought themselves back into the game, massive credit to them, especially even in the last quarter. Two goals straight Mm. away to Collingwood, and they still fought back. So, incredible win. Do you Mm. think they would have been thinking about 2015? Like, because a lot, a lot of their yeah. players for West Coast that they, yeah. the, the players who didn't play well, yeah, Darling, yeah. in uh, Darling and Yo didn't play well in twenty fifteen, didn't, didn't play well in the first quarter either. Their resilience is quite oh, impressive. Brilliant, yeah. I, I thought it was just, just fantastic. And you know, like you think of the Ryan that we pulled out of a marking contest. Uh, that's not spoken about now. But Collingwood was so brave. Yeah. You know, I know they hit darling, the first... darling the drop mark on the goal line. To well, what was what the was the go with that? With that drop mark, that was just unbelievable. Like I, I couldn't breathe that last minute yeah. thinking if he if they got yeah. the goal scored against him, <laughs> he would have to go and go over to uh, Siberia, Siberia or somewhere. But I've, it was brilliant. I thought about that for him. It's like because still side bottom, rush the ball through. Yeah. So they're five points down, so they get yeah. the kick out. If the kick out the kick out wasn't good at all, no, it wasn't. If it actually happened to get out. Over, over the, the back, back. <laughs> and then Collingwood were through. Darling would have... 
there's a couple of things I thought for Darling. He would have just hated that last minute. He had a golden opportunity to soak up 100,000 oh. people watching him <laughs> to kick That's a, a goal from the goal square. And I, I, I actually feel sorry for him. He missed out on that occasion. Right. He's, he's never yeah. going to get it back. No, no, that was a, that would have been brilliant. And he had a very good second half too. So it's it, it, excellent that second that half. One single moment overshadows his second half contribution because he was good. There was there was one stat before the game, and I probably should have said it in the um, in our podcast boys during the week. But if West Coast Eagles, uh, across the year, if they have more than 90 marks throughout a game, they are current, well, were currently 15 wins and no losses. If they were restricted to under 90 marks throughout the whole game, three wins and six losses. So that was massive that they had to They had about 100, control. didn't they? they? I think yeah. they got over 100, 110. Yeah. So that put them in a great spot. They could play their game the way they wanted mm. to. Um, very, very interesting the way, the style they play. I think the game had everything. It uh, So many uh, changes of leads. And the fact that one thing I really loved was Ryan on Maynard. It was a real old-fashioned straight through. Like It was a real clean hip and shoulder. Hip and shoulder. Hip and shoulder to the stomach. And I was actually really impressed with Maynard as well. The fact that he was clearly hurting. He hurt himself about a couple of minutes after mm. that and went off. Played out the rest of the game. Um, he's the uh, nephew to the great Rocket Maynard. Uh, sorry, Rocket Campbell, who yes. uh, I did some coaching. Yeah, he's, he's Peter's son. Uh, coaching with at um, yeah. at the Eagles. So yeah, uh, right. we'll get Rocket on, I reckon, in 2019. <laughs> now, we, we love Rocket, so we'll get him on. And he goes over and watches Maynard play okay. um, a, a fair bit. But that was a great hip and shoulder. It reminded me of sort of like... Back the, in the old days. And it reminded yeah. me a bit of the Dan Hannabury, the rough head on Hannabury. Yes, a couple of years. Um, it was very similar to that, actually. What were your highlights, face from the game? Uh, for me, it was almost that defining moment, that last bit with that McGovern mark, so which led to the Sheed goal. Looking at that contest, Dugowie actually... It was that contest. That Dugowie stood out the back waiting for the ball to come over, where if he actually contested that time with yeah. McGovern and put pressure on McGovern. Wouldn't have been able to take the simple mark, be able to play on, go down to, I can't think of that next contest. Oh, Liam Ryan took that great mark, went mm, on to yeah. Sheed. You know, he waited out the back. If it went over the back, he probably would have gone into an open goal and, you know, golden goal. I guess the rest is history. But ultimately, that one single contest in that last quarter was massive in the context of the game. And I think they had to win in that, in that one chain of events. Yeah. West Coast... They, if they just lost one of those, because they were down, mm. it would have been yeah, well, premiership over. They won three in a row. They won three. <laughs> it was the McGovern Mark, the Ryan yeah. Mark, and the, um, Sheed Mark. And the, the Sheed yeah, Mark. Big, big American Cox. He, like, he never misses a goal. Never misses. Mm. He, he's a straight kick. He had a chance to put him eight points in front, five minutes to go. Missed. Mm. So, yeah. I, you were surprised moments. by my Cox uh, prediction in our... He was YouTube good though in the second half. He was good. Yeah. I was surprised. You, yeah. you were right the first. He was good the second half. I thought he came back well. I think your quote that no big forward will dominate the day. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. Kennedy was the only one yeah. that stood out and actually won in position. But he didn't kick you know bag of five or six. Hit three. Yeah. But still, he was very very good. In, in a grand final, three goals is a really really big game. Yeah. Kennedy kicked three and uh, Cox was on the way but to kicking three. Let's, let's talk about the kick boys. Sheed. We talked about this in Funky <laughs> Baz and Face weeks ago. Would you rather have a kick to win the grand final yeah, we did. or not? We did. Sheed has got the kick to win a grand final and he just it was just a beautiful kick one. And you know what I love looking at is all the supporters' faces behind because you've got the Collingwood guys mm. that are just mortified. The Eagles are just jubilant. It's just 
so good. <clears throat> Do yourself a favour, go and watch the game again and just play it by play. It is brilliant to watch. And how ironic that Dom Shade kicks the winning goal, puts them in front of the grand final. Andrew Gaff doesn't get suspended. That's his wing. She <laughs> doesn't get the opportunity to play those minutes leading Good up to the grand place. final. Very mm. cool. May not have been in that situation. Um, two things that pointed out with me, some, some great tweets during the week. One about Jeremy McGovern and his lead up to the grand final. Yep. We always hear about the stories about injuries leading up and, and what's actually happened during the week. He wasn't past fit until Friday. He had internal bleeding that could have damaged his organs. Um, uh, two nights in hospital leading up. The other one, uh, that was from John Ralph. The other one was from Max uh, Lawton. He said, every team that has drafted a Rioli has won the AFL-GF within three years. I did know that. That's good So uh, local teams, uh, get, get on the Rioli brothers yeah. and cousins if you can. So Hawks drafted Willie Senior, won the 91 flag. Don's rookie draft Dean won the 2000 flag. Hawks drafted Cyril and won plenty of flags. Tigers drafted Daniel, win the 17 flag, and Eagles drafted Willie and win the 18 flag. So there's a link, boys. But you, you know what I've been thinking about a lot, and is that a lot of people hated Nathan Buckley um, in his playing career and his coaching career, and probably I wasn't a massive fan of him. He seems very arrogant. How good was he on that day? I just think we are talking to Chris about um, how under adversity, how you react to adversity... Well, Nathan Buckley, in a sporting adversity, he was just incredible. You know, like the the banner went down and broke and he hugged the... Yeah. You know, he's got other things to think about than hugging yeah. cheer squad members, but he did that. And then after the game, he was just brilliant. He got everyone and spoke to every player. His press conference was great. He went up and to I, the runner. The runner was in tears after the game because yeah. he thought he cost the, oh, it was the a team a premiership. It was yeah. a bad yeah. kick anyway. It, the, mm. um, the young fellow, Stevenson, mm. wouldn't have got there anyway. And then but... one of his tweets about we are the best team for tomorrow. Or I, I just thought Buckley yeah. has just covered himself. Sh- shaping in our future, I think. Yeah, it was, it was just brilliant. It wasn't just that weekend. He's been awesome all year. Yeah. He was under the pump, clearly, right at the start mm. of the year, about even still losing his job, even though he had a two-year deal. But I agree with you, Baz. That's a great call. He he was um, unbelievable um, in a, in face of a loss. On the now, I've got something for you, lads. I haven't spoken to you about this, but um, Sportsbet have got their uh, 2019 flag favourites out. Gamble responsibly. I'm, su- I'm sure you wouldn't have checked that out. Mm. Uh, who's favourite? Richard? It's a good call. Actually, I, I have been thinking about it. Collingwood came from 13th to get within a kick of, <laughs> of winning. No one tipped West Coast. Some people tipped West Coast to sit well outside the eight yeah. this year. Richmond were 13th the year before to win the flag. Uh, Western Bulldogs, no one tipped them the year before. So I reckon if you look at this year's results is a really misleading way of predicting next year. You almost have to look outside of how this year has occurred. So, I mean, in, history tells us in the last three years, do you look outside the eight? To see who can possibly well, win. Well, I'll, I'll give it to you, boys. Um, so, the Premiership winner is Richmond at $4.50. And then Collingwood at $7. Melbourne at $7. Mm. West Coast at $7. GWS at 9 Sydney at 12 I still haven't heard Adelaide's name yet. <laughs> uh, Adelaide at 16 So, Jeez, so uh, obviously, with the Tom Lynch signing, Richmond are, you know, are hot favourites again. But I'll tell you what, you, you'd be... Wouldn't be be uh, bad in thinking that West Coast could go back to back because that was just a brilliant performance of them, and they're going to get. Uh, I think they're going to get Kelly from um, Geelong as well. So, mm. yeah. Um, one thing I heard about in the interviews was how tight they were as a group, and the feedback and and, and um, media here during the week is is more less about who's the best performing team, but 
who are the teams that are so cohesive with each other they'll do absolutely anything to get over the line. That's got a lot to do with it. So clearly on the Port and Crows perspective, you know, our team's got a lot of work to do to um, to bridge that gap with the Richmonds and West Coast and Collingwood. Did you notice, boys, after the game, yes. they've won their biggest <laughs> game of their I, career. Oh. Baz, I know where he's going with the this. The biggest game of their career. They've celebrated really hard. They've gone into the rooms and they've gone absolutely crazy with all their stuff and then they had the decency. They've showed the respect and they've tidied up the whole place, as was the call from Funky, episode two or three, Funky Baz and Face this year. We've seen a lot of examples. I think they're, they're just trying to make sure that their persona is... is Baz, is what good. did you think we did in 2006, six, seven? I can't uh, see us cleaning it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so you guys, you were hot on me for this, and we've seen some good examples. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, our brothers and sister uh, Joshy Bray uh, got on top, and uh, he did. He loved it. He loved it very, very good. So thanks for that, Josh. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to get cracking into it, boys. Yeah, Would you rather's a shell for 2018? I can't yes. go better than last no, last year, agree. but I reckon I've got something better. Very good. I have in Baz's bake. We've talked about teams of the year. You've said your team of wankers, your team of <laughs> legends, all that sort of stuff. So I'm going to go with. Funky Baz and Face, our brothers and sisters team of the year. Oh, how good is that? That's so, brilliant. there's a Jeez. couple of conditions. So, uh, some people are going to get a little bit upset. <laughs> They're not the team of the year. I tell you what, this is a bloody good team. <laughs> the forward line is outstanding, and maybe your forward line doesn't play and that well. Can, I just, can I just say or... before this is read out, this is all on Funky. This is not from Baz and Face. Is there a funky Baz and Face? Do we get a position or is it more about our brothers and sisters? You're going to have to wait to right. find well, out. Here we go. We'll so get out. Uh, a couple of conditions. Uh, you need to listen to us. Yeah, and I need to be able to see that you can listen to us. And so you've probably listened to us on Anchor uh, through the Anchor um, app. Uh, the other one is is you've had some sort of banter with us or you've liked us on Twitter or Facebook, Facebook. or something like that. Yep. Have a listen to this forward line. All right, go. Forward pocket, Roger James. Oh! 23 goals in one game. Oh. And you know who's next to him? The big G, Matty Gale, yeah. who's uh, commentary, yeah. legend status. 20, 20. Get, get it down there. We're going to kick 40 goals. Yeah, oh, good start. 20 goals in one game. You think there's 43 potential when's, goals there. When's this team actually playing? Yeah. <laughs> um, in the, the forward soccer. pocket. Pistol Pete. <laughs> pistol. So, Pistol Pete, he's been all over us this year. Like, no offence, Pistol Pete, but... You're probably going to struggle for a kick. I should have. Life. I reckon he's a potential tagger. He's tagged us all year, so he's a potential tagger. Um, Daniel Healy, five-time Premiership player of the Central really? District Football Club, uh, St Kilda. He follows us he, on Twitter. He'd be wrapped that he's got our team yeah. of the year. Yeah, uh, he was a um, first-round draft pick for St Kilda. Ex-teammate of mine. Yeah. We both went in different directions. <laughs> and uh, he's a half-forward flank. Uh, Centre-half forward, one of the most difficult positions. Brent Ritchie. Oh, Brett Ritchie. Brett Ritchie. Yeah, it is a um, it is a good call because um, he's listened to us all week. He yes. came up with some outstanding stats. He told us that West Coast is going to win. He did. West Coast did win, and a lot of the reasons he that did he say predicted. the midfield's going to dominate though. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> on the other half forward flank, uh, opposite Brent Ritchie and Daniel Healy, Donkey Magoo. Oh yeah, on your donkey. For the name of Donkey Magoo. Now <laughs> I'm just thinking about it, if the big G is commentating. Donkey Magoo picks up. Like, wouldn't you just love to hear Donkey Magoo? Hey, Dennis Cometti. If Dennis Cometti. Yeah. G, on the know. wing, Jason Earl, the doctor. The doctor. From, from Malala. He's listened to uh, every good. episode. He's given me a lot of banter to say, listen very, to very it. Cool. In the middle, 
Scott Burns. Oh, Burnsy. Um, Collingwood captain, 265 games. Oh, AFL legend. That's a lock, that one. Uh, on the wing, Bronny Venning. Bronny Venning. Bronny Venning. Very um, good early. Early listener. Yeah. Yes. And good feedback. She said, get rid of the song. Yes. The song was gone. So good feedback. I yeah. quite like that. Yeah. Halfback flank, Chris Grigg. Yeah. Um, inspirational. Inspirational. Love the chat with him. Nothing's yeah. getting past the half. Uh, seven, seven best and fairest, uh, male medal, two-time oh. premiership player, and just... This is a good team. That pales into insignificance with um, just the absolute courage that he's facing off the field. So, yep, well done. Uh, a lot of inspiration for him. This is going to have some controversy sent half back. MZ. Yeah! Oh! <laughs> David Evans is half-back. Yes, Mark, I should yes. be there. Yes. So I haven't played footy for over Put 20 years. I've played in the vintage rules this year. Ten minutes in, I hadn't got near it, and I got a lovely uh, handball from MZ. <laughs> and it's like, I owe that man my first stat after 20 years. MZ is in. Hold up the defence, MZ. Um, half-back flank, Andrew Crow. Andrew Crowell. Yeah, the diggity uh, dog. Yeah, the diggity dog. <laughs> uh, he follows us on Twitter. He's the head of welfare and wellbeing, and he also passed our interview with the big G on through the Brisbane Lions boys, and um, they're pretty happy with it. Uh, in the back pocket, I've got two people in one position. I'll tell you why. I've got Rusty Ump and Kristen Thomas here. Yeah. The reason why is they're they, married. They're married, and they listen to our podcast. Hold on, mate, you listened. They, they start the weekend off listening to Funky Baz and Face, so they're awesome. in one position there. Enjoy the back lines together. That's awesome. Uh, full back, Ashley Ross, and he's our captain. Oh. So he's made our T-shirts. He's put our faces on there, and... He AFL Grand Final Breakfast. Mate. He's worn our T-shirt. Yes. Tweeted out amongst his followers. In Sydney. Great start <laughs> to yes. AFL Grand Final day with his kid wearing our T-shirt. Yeah. There could be no more commitment than Great what he's done. Um, uh, back pocket. Uh, Patrick Keem. Patrick Keem is a half-back flanker for local footy. He's good given interview. us an inside good interview. Good interview. Yeah. So yeah. he's he's our back pocket. He normally plays half-bat flank, if you remember, but he can't fit in the half-bat flank in this team. <laughs> um, our followers, uh, Ruckman, Ross Christie. Big Roscoe. Yeah, 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 he gets in there. Um, yeah. he, he was. Man, let's like be honest. Let's be honest. He's lucky to be in there, but we need a Ruckman. And very good-looking too. <laughs> yeah, I knew you'd say that about him, so he's our Ruckman. Um, our Ruck Rover in old terms, 142 listens for our episode, Josh, Josh Bray. Bray. Yes. He was, so he's our vice Eight premierships. Um, he's, our, he's our vice captain. 142 listens oh, for his episode. Get around him. Our rover first interviewee, Maddie Steltzer. Ooh, Ooh very yes. good call. Very nice. Smash it fitness. Uh, yes. On the bench. She was going to be a sponsor too, boys. We should follow her up. Yeah, oh, we do, yeah, we do need a follow. Um, I think he said he was going to sponsor us if someone... Actually joined Smash yeah, It Fitness. Yeah, Fair which call. obviously someone, no one has. <laughs> on the bench, Rick Lane. I just wanted to put him on the bench. (laughs) (laughs) So he came in, he promoted vintage rules. I just wanted him on the bench. If we played a game, I want to see him jump the fence and not pay the admission money. (laughs) Um, Also on the bench, Faces Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week. (laughs) We put it on the bench for the year. And also uh, Funky Shit or Shines on the bench as well because we bench it it during the year. Yeah, Yeah, you're honest. Um, Christian Bray. Is on the bench. Yes. He's listened to just about every episode. I can see Every's it through TV. Anchor. Yep. He hasn't shared it through social media, so that's on, that's a something that he can work on for next year <laughs> to get on the field. Yeah. Uh, Tara Gallarello as well. And so Matt, and husband Matt, which means I she's playing. I just couldn't yes. find a position for it, but she's been a very good listener. Um, 
Emergencies. Magazine Brozzy. Yeah. So I listen to every week. They even sat in the car while we recorded an episode. Don't want them to talk, though. I, I can't. Yeah. Like, their ideas and some of the suggestions, we you know, just want to remove them. If we um, want to get into the retirees market, maybe we'll bring them in, <laughs> but we don't want to at the moment. Uh, oh, the other please. emergency, let's be let's be honest. Our vodcast, our YouTube clip of the AFL Grand Final <laughs> Breakfast, we had 43 views, boys. Yeah. I, I was shattered yeah. with that. That's an emergency. It doesn't make the team. Yeah, so no, I agree. Yeah. Umpire. The 2018 Golden Whistle win in the Brussels Light. Ah, Rob Polito. Rob Polito. Rob Polito. Yeah. Absolutely outstanding. It's a great, great team. Apologies. Ooh. These people couldn't make our team. It's a tough team. So it, um, they've got some uh, incentive for next year. And this is the first one's going to be controversial. And this is going to hurt Matthew. Jess Adamson. No, fair enough. She so so <laughs> no, no, fair enough. So she likes us, but she's got a big she, following. She got, could give she more. needs to promote Funky Baz and Face more. If she promotes yeah. Funky Baz and Face, she's going to be in the team for next year. I totally agree. Because there's a lot of lot of upsell there. So she's like sorry, it. Jess, you don't make it. No. Uh, Jock Cameron. Yes. Uh, so good player, but doesn't make our team. No. Jimmy Norris, unlucky. Jimmy, <laughs> J- Jimmy, oh, 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 he, he's unlucky, but I can't. Very unlucky. Look, Why is that? Look. The strength of the team is the ones who miss out. He's been excellent all year, but there's some upside there. Gee, that's unlucky. Tell you what, there's going to be a a spill here with our leadership. The Walkerville Footy Club. (laughs) They're out. And and the Goodwood Saints under 10s are out too because they uh, pretty much brought our introduction every week. Yeah, I I agree with the Goodwood Saints. Very unlucky, Walkerville. No, they're out. Joseph Frick and the boys there at Walkerville. No, uh, they don't know who you are, mate. They're, they're running a good... And just to... Uh, as this will be broadcast on Saturday morning, they're running the Bunnings Here we go. Here uh, we go. Sausage Sizzle Here we at go. Kent Town. So uh, if you need uh, some screws or just uh, need a snag, go are down to Are you getting Kent behind Town. the barbecue face? I uh, might not be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But good luck to the, the Catters for 2019. Uh, Radelaide Rob. Radelaide Rob. Great Twitter uh, name. Number one. He was our number one. Very good. Yeah, so um, he can promote us more next year. Yeah. Uh, Simon Bentz listened to us a lot. Good mate of mine Benty. as well. Yeah. Benty. Uh, Copper and Chockball as well. Chockball. Yeah. yeah. Copper's on the sidelines. Very good. That's, That's the 2018 team. Really enjoyed that. Uh, well done, mate. Well, well done, boys. Well. That is brilliant. I'm very happy with that. Now, I'll tell you what, I was happy with that, but I'm not happy with this, boys. Not happy. Not happy, boys. I'll tell you why I'm not, I'll tell you why I'm not happy. <laughs> Is that what is going on now? I try not to make this too crow-centric. Our face over here is very crow-centric. What's going on with our Adelaide Crows and the fact that we don't recruit big names? Okay, all the other clubs they put out the big money. We say we're going to pay you four billion dollars for, for eighteen <laughs> years to, to come into our club. We give our little our little four hundred thousand. There you go, mate. Have your little have your little pay packet. But <laughs> what is wrong with us that we don't pay the big money? Why is do we not have the model? I want to have a meeting with Fagan and ask him what is going on, boys. Like. Collingwood have got uh, going for May. Richmond have signed up Lynch. Uh, Western Bulldogs are going hard. Ch- uh, Wingard. Yeah, yeah. W- Wingard. Like, it is unbelievable. I'm not sure why it is, boys, but I think maybe is it because of the model? I, I want to hear your feedback on it. Like, our model is that we even it out over the yeah. all the players. We don't have, you know, a guy that can't kick at the end. We have all sort of consistent players like McKay and, you know, Douglas are on decent money. Those sort of guys that aren't in your top. I don't know. Other clubs don't have that. What are your thoughts, lads? When uh, Dangerfield left, there's a potential of a million dollars in the cap there to either get a gun. Maybe it is the philosophy of we'd spread it so we have greater depth rather than going for the guns. I guess the 
the North Melbourne model is get three absolute oh, guns and pay them a ridiculous amount of money. You know, is well, that going to... Richmond have got Martin that's on a million plus too. So they've got two, three... Mm. What about Melbourne? Uh, they paid Lever massive money. Now they're going for May. May. Yeah. I, I, don't, I mean, they've they got, they got a sensational I team. It. I don't get it either. I, is our salary cap smaller, Face? I, I, I well, know. I did hear during the week that Port are paying at the lower end of the salary cap too. So they've got the ability that they're not going to go out and lash out on Wingard by the sound of things. He's going to go to Western Bulldogs because he wants a million a year. I think it's um, part um, trying to create that that um, community within the team that no one's on massive money and they just get yeah, why, you know, your standard of Why is our players leaving then? So. Yeah. Anyway, boys, I just, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out um, this next few weeks. Like, how well does the AFL do it? If the season finishes, and then we go into trade, and then we'll go into draft, and then we'll go pre-season, the, the, the year never really stops. Nah, Funky Baz and Face are going to have a well-earned rest, but <laughs> we're going to come back bigger and better mm. to get bang into it, and we're probably going to do a draft special in a couple of weeks. Probably the interesting question for you is, would you pay Polak or Shill a million dollars to play for your Crows? Yeah, I, I would actually. Like, I mean, it's easy for me to say because I'm not doing all the money, but I just think we need that star power. We don't really have that, do we? Is Pollock worth a million dollars? No, nah, Pollock's not. I'd definitely get Shield across for that. You know, you probably don't see him enough because he plays for the Giants and we don't see enough of their games. But he, he to me, I would prefer him. Well, closer to home, I'll give you one. Wingard, would you give him a million dollars? I reckon I would. Gross? Yeah. Yeah. Like he, I think he he's got so much upside to him. Yeah. Like I think he's been a bit bored playing at Port. Yeah. Like I think so if he'd, be got a, him, he'd be the Crows' highest paid player. Yeah. Something he'd have something to prove. Yeah. I think he would just like imagine him playing against Port. Oh, that'd be that'd sensational. Be mm. Yeah. That would be good. I would like the Chad. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Face? Well, boys, uh, obviously alluding to it at the start of uh, the um, episode, a bit of a combination. It's been uh, eighteen weeks of episodes. Start off with tweets, and now we're going on a faces fresh finds. So we're going to start off with uh, a couple of tweets, and this comes from 20 years and counting, clearly a Crows man. He said, uh, this is talking about the trade. So a couple of trade tweets here. The trade hasn't started, and I'm already sick of, of, of hearing the following words, sayings, and things. Club of choice, destination club, officially nominated, hardball, breaking news, missing piece, premiership window, Terry Wallace and Sam McClure. So clearly... It's quite ironic, isn't it? They're playing trade radio, and it hasn't even started yet. It, so it's been a week of I listened of to 20 minutes thoughts. of it, and I thought it was the most ridiculous thing I've heard on yeah. uh, radio. I actually quite like it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like listening to it, actually. It just replay after replay yeah, of yeah, what they're yeah. saying. Um, and... Another one from uh, the AFL actually tweeted out that Jesse Hogan has toured uh, Fremantle's facilities. Oh, I like this. And Richard Hines came out. Uh, he's a, a broadcaster of the ABC and uh, ABC Offsiders. He said, this should definitely become a dating term. She's not my girlfriend. We're just touring each other's facilities. So I thought that was quite funny. Oh, no, I've got a, a one on that, which may not is there. <laughs> it took him four hours to uh, tour the facilities, and someone said, could he smoke in a dart every five minutes? going to go outside. Maybe I should have used that tweet instead, because I've got a hell of a lot more laughs. Um, boys, not sure if you've seen this during the week, changing sports, but to the 36s. So um, we all know about how Mitch Creek went overseas to try and chase his NBA dream. And then we got to Kevin Brooks, who runs a basketball um, clinic back here in Adelaide. A lot of, a lot of um, uh, animosity about Kevin Brooks, uh, sorry, about um, Mitch Creek and his leaving and obviously being signed by the NBA. Very good looking man, Mitch Creek. Very good looking man. It's good to know. Um, 
it was about about that sign off on fee and whether um, Adelaide would get anything to stop his transfer. He's tweeted with Kevin Brooks during the week. The, the crux of the story is that um, he tweeted a, a very historic um, photo of the Sixers celebrating the 86, 98, 99, um, uh, what are they called? Championship, championships. Championships yep. that they win in basketball. Um, he said um, about taking the painting off the wall, I would have flown back to dig it out of the rubble myself. The wall is historic, just like the rest. Hope you will. And Kevin Brooks, who's actually an assistant coach at the 36ers, said the wall of names will remain. Um, our spirit lives on, but our club culture is dead. I think that's fascinating that a current assistant coach has said oh. that the club culture is dead. This if, is if, that, if that was an starts, AFL, yeah, he would be sacked. Up. Yeah, that's He'd right. Be sacked. It's not yeah. talked about at all. Yeah. Uh, incredible that that's yeah you're right gone unnoticed um number four boys uh a lot of talk about the bachelor this week and the honey badger and his decision uh we talked earlier in the week about um alf and Alsa and uh how he's a I great think good, on, good on him the honey badger if he's not a love mate he shouldn't nah. have to pick anyone that's fine he, he's got i heard today he got paid a six-figure salary he gets to tour all these <laughs> places gets to flirt with all girls and he's still become, still a bachelor oh yeah. fuck it <laughs> that's my toy ah! <laughs> That's great. Nick Cummins got six figures to be the bachelor. Got to spend two months flirting with gorgeous women. A free trip to New Caledonia and gets to remain a bachelor. How good is that with the with the clap hands? So well done, Funky. The last one, boys, is from the Yarra Junction. Now this is uh, an AFL game that's happened um, in Victoria. Um, Yarra Junction, are, uh, an hour and a half east of Melbourne, um, and it was a. Uh, about Yarra Junction, who won the... They were the Premiers. They beat Seville by 16 goals. So it was a massive smashing. But it's more the story about um, a, a supporter of Yarra Junction called Andy Bairstow. And he received a Premiership medal um, after the game. I've got some um, some audio here that we can all listen to. We're now going to... Sorry about that. One second. Here we go. We're going to present the winning team their medals. But first, we're going to make a special presentation. The first medal goes to Andy Bairstow. So here's Andy. Going up on stage. Gets his medals. Cuts the air. So who is Andy Bairstow? So... Sorry about that. Um, so Andy was uh, born with Down syndrome and served as the Eagles water boy for the best part of 20 years. Um, he has waited 28 years for this team and this club to win um, a, a, a premiership, uh, be a premiership side. Um, he Basically, the, the video shows him jumping up on stage, the first man to get the medal before all the players. That's brilliant. He kisses the medal, jumps on the steps. He's in the premiership photos with all the boys. Um, all he wanted to do was just win the, the big one with all his premiership teammates. So hats off to Andy um, for that. Great story. Great story. Great story. And that's what Funky Bazaar Face is all about, is about the community it and is. what our um, local heroes can do within our sides, even if it is in Victoria. The last one, boys, I've got is um, Tess Madgen. Now, obviously, we've spoken about Jack debuting for Collingwood this year. We've got um, uh, Benny, who's over in, I think, Germany now um, playing basketball. Um in the Bundesliga League of the League. Um, now we've got Tess Madgen, who, following knee and ankle reconstructions, she won a silver medal for the Australian Opal, Opals. So she played um, with uh, Liz Cambridge and all that side. 
and they lost to um, Spain, I think. It was. Probably USA. Probably USA. Um, during the week, so, yes, sorry, lost to USA, 73-56 in the gold medal decider. So congratulations to Tess. Williamstown, local girl, um, to be uh, over there and, and playing and playing in the decider. Congratulations to her. Talented family that imagines. Absolutely. So we're pretty much going to wrap it up for 2018. We might come out with a couple of things. We haven't really thought too much nah, or planned nah, it, but um, that's pretty much the AFL season for 2018. Every week, boys, I've loved getting together with both of you and sitting down and having a chat, talking about footy, unearthing the local legends and having a bit of banter. It's been brilliant to uh, do that, so I've loved that. I've got so much out of talking to and unearthing our local legends. I reckon that's been a brilliant thing that we've done this year, to talk about people who can achieve so much, whilst also there's so many other things to do as well. It's easy to say, no, I won't do that. But, you know, you've got your family, you got your work. And for people, we've been talking to people who have achieved a lot just through local footy. And Chris Grigg tonight was just outstanding yeah. outside of footy as well. The, to talking to the people that we've talked to this year has been outstanding. And uh, the fact that people actually press play and listen to us idiots <laughs> uh, this us week. Remember, if you remember episode one, we actually said that if uh, we'll probably get three plays or we might get ten plays, it'll be us playing it a couple of times each week and, and maybe our parents that hopefully it's given people a bit of banter and uh, hopefully they've enjoyed listening to us. Uh, thanks to you, Funky. I, Baz, on behalf of us two, Funky came up with the idea to set this up um, for us to catch up. So thanks, Funk, for getting this up and going and getting us uh, done with technology, uh, even though we've had a couple of <laughs> bad moments. Um, but clearly we're getting better. And if you're hearing episode one, just don't listen to it. <laughs> no, I'm, look, very good. I'm looking forward to next year too. We're going to uh, get together, have a bit of a planning session, work out what 2019 is going to be like. If our brothers and sisters have got some ideas of what they want in 2019. Yeah. Anybody wants to uh, recruit me, well then uh, you boys can bugger off. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about climate, mate, if they're a bit hot or a bit cold. No, mate. No, no. So thanks for listening this year, everyone. It's been uh, awesome and uh, we'll be back at some stage later on. Cheers, Cheers, Mark. See you, guys. Thank you. Oh.